Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play it's friday in uh, coastal mississippi so it means it's uh, jeff duncan day from the nola.com and the times picayune but before we go there i want to read something i came across the other day you know we're a coastal community we're a beach community and uh you know a lot of us kind of define our our, our years based on kind of getting to the warmer weather where we can go out to the islands and spend some time fishing offshore or just go sit on the beach but i came across this on a a site called Beach Memes. And here's what it said about the approaching summer. Hair gets lighter, skin gets darker, water gets warmer, drinks get colder, days get longer, life gets better. (laughs) We're kind of getting close to those days. I look forward to them. Yeah, I like the cold weather because it means that I get to go spend time in the Mississippi Delta. I love to hunt and and there's some great fishing to be done in the in the wintertime. But the beauty of living in coastal Mississippi is we get some winters, but we get some summers. We get to enjoy the season, so to speak. Uh, one last one from uh, Elizabeth Taylor that I loved. She said this, there is no de- there is no better deodorant like than than success there's no better deodorant than success <laughs> i love that uh success can uh, help you overcome a lot of a lot of issues and according to elizabeth taylor even body odor isn't that interesting anyway we'll come over to my friend jeff duncan there's a lot to talk about man i got i got my opinion about deshaun watson and Jameis winston and how all that played out i look forward to hearing what jeff has to say but before we go any further let me just say good morning to you my friend Morning, Ricky. Uh, hope everybody uh, safe out there. You know, I know we had some bad storms over here uh, earlier this week. We're recording on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, Tuesday night was pretty hectic over here in New Orleans. Yeah, you were actually out celebrating uh, a really important, like, sort of a sports moment for a local university. Tell me more about that. Well, Loyola University, as you're familiar with, uh, the old private Jesuit institution up uh, in uptown New Orleans, founded in 1904 by the Jesuits. Uh, they won their first, the school's first national championship since 1945, Ricky. Uh, that was back in the Peter Finney days when Peter was like a freshman at Loyola. Uh, the last time they won a national title. And so it was a pretty big event for that community. And uh, even with the menacing storms in the area, uh, they had a big watch party at a lower garden district uh, restaurant and uh, had about 50 alumni and former players and supporters, even a priest in the, in the crowd uh, to watch the game. And uh, Loyola rolled, won their national title, they finished 37 and one, just dominant Man. season, kind of a magical year. So it was, a, it was a special night, even despite all the uh, scary stuff going on. Yeah, the early reports are that the uh, tornado really did hammer. And, of course, by the time this airs, we'll have a better feel for how that played out. But um, at least one death that, we're know, that we know of. You know anything else other than that at this point? No, it's, it's, it, it looked really bad. Obviously, uh, th- those images uh, went viral all over the country. I had, I'm sure you, you probably were the same way. I was getting all kinds of texts and uh, calls from family and friends all over the country because it looks so bad 
and 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 the fact that you could see New Orleans in the background kind of sent this image. Uh, but we were safe and sound. We where we were in Lower Garden District. Um, it was barely even noticeable. I mean, it looked bad outside, but it wasn't even raining. So really, the game was the focus of everybody's attention that night. Okay, so look, man, it's been a dynamic week for the Saints. Um, they lost uh, one of their top offensive tackles, which it'd be interesting to see your take on that. I think it's important, but pre- probably not the end of the world. Of course, Matt Ryan was traded. We tried to get Deshaun Watson. We didn't get him. Of course, uh, they signed a two-year deal with Jameis Winston. Wait, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Okay, I got, I'll give you my take on it in just a second, but, you know, as you look back on it, are you, as a, a columns, thrilled that we didn't get him or disappointed? Where, where, where's your head on this? Well, I'm probably a little more relieved just because it was going to be a very complicated situation that uh, was going to, I think, polarize the fan base, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, there were a lot of people that were upset that they were even pursuing Deshaun Watson. Uh, and then there was another group of people that was excited because of his uh, potential as a quarterback. Uh, and the potential that he had on the field. I do think it was notable that Gail Benson was heavily involved in, in his recruitment and as one of the nine female owners in the league and kind of a trailblazer for women professionals in New Orleans, uh, she was going to be out front and center on that signing if they would have gotten him. So it would have been interesting to hear her points on why she felt uh, it was uh, necessary to, to bring Deshaun Watson in, but um, didn't happen. We all know what happened. Cleveland blew everybody out of the water. $230 million guaranteed. Unprecedented, Ricky. No, there's never been a contract like that in NFL history, and the Saints and Falcons simply were not in that market. We were not in that market. Um, you know, I was, I tell you, man, I was kind of on this, it was, I was torn. Obviously, I saw his talent, but, um, it was. I was having a very difficult time overlooking what he was still up against morally, and then the issue too of the uh, most like most likely NFL penalty that would be coming down the road, and giving up the first rounders in addition to the money that we would have had to give up. But I think the process to get there, man. I mean, I think gave them the opportunity to reflect a lot about the role they want the, the quarterback to play in in, in the, on this team. I think it gave uh, Miss Benson an opportunity to reflect about it. I bet you know, in her heart of hearts, she's probably a little bit, a little bit uh, uh, relieved. Um, I'd be interested to know. You'll, we'll never know for sure what what her thoughts are on that. But um, but but anyway, we had to give up so much. I mean, the the you know, you mentioned the two hundred thirty million guarantee, but on top of that, the first round draft picks and all that. I mean, it would have it would have had a long term impact on this on this team. Yeah, look, and I know a lot of people inside the building and outside the building that are very close to the Saints that believe it, it is going to be the best thing that ever happened that they did not get Deshaun Watson. So uh, in the end, sometimes the best deal you make is the one you don't make. And uh, that could prove, I think, true in this case, because as you mentioned, it was going to cost a lot to get Deshaun Watson and he was going to have a lot of pressure on him to lead the team in the post-Drew Brees era. And uh, I think he's a very good player. I think he's certainly an upgrade at what they have at quarterback. Uh, but at what cost? I mean, they were going to have to pay him a fortune. 
and it was going to cost them a lot of their future draft assets. So in the end, this could turn out to be kind of a blessing in disguise. So, you know, all reads on this that I have, that I have paid attention to are that Jameis Winston handled himself superbly through this whole process. You know, whereas some, some, some quarterbacks get their feelings hurt and want to get traded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In his case, he seems to have handled this well. Well, I, I think there's a little bit of a distinction between his situation and, say, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was under contract with the Falcons and had been with the team for over a decade, was really a franchise player in Atlanta. Whereas Jameis was an unrestricted free agent. He was really not under contract with the Saints. Uh, so he was looking out for his best interests and the Saints were looking out for their best interests. Uh, so they're really, I, I understand why he might be a little miffed that they put all their eggs in the Deshaun Watson basket. But the Saints were up front with him and his representatives. They knew uh, he knew exactly what they were doing. And so I think that communication really will soften any kind of bruised ego. And on top of that, you reported last week that, you know, there was a strong belief going into free agency that Jameis Winston's stock would be high, but it didn't turn out that way, did it? No, not at all, really. It sounds like the Indianapolis Colts were the only other team that showed interest in him, and I'm not sure how strong that interest was. They ended up trading for Matt Ryan after everything fell apart in Atlanta. So there's really a, it's really a kind of a crazy situation with the rest of the division now. You've got Marcus Mariota as the quarterback in Atlanta. Uh, Carolina is still looking for someone to at least come in and compete with Sam Darnold. I don't think they're satisfied with their quarterback position. They may draft one. And then, of course, Tom Brady coming back to Tampa and then Jameis Winston here in New Orleans. So it's been a, a kind of a carousel at the quarterback position. Listen, you've done a great job of, of uh, documenting the Jameis Winston journey at, at, with the New Orleans Saints and the, the rehabilitation of him personally and professionally and the way he sort of responded to that throughout. But if you look at, you look at his, his history – I would think that if I were the Indianapolis coach, for example, looking at him, or maybe one of the other teams that didn't, that weren't interested, I look at his history and I think, "Gosh, man, I'm, I have concerns about this." And then they look at things like uh, his, um, you know, his statistics last year with the Saints, which are not that good, actually. And then, you know, all these other pieces it may gave them some pause. Let's do this when we come back. I want to get your response to that and, and say how hey, we're not in bad shape though. Now that we're now that we've landed with Jameis. We'll uh, continue our conversation with Jeff Duncan after this. live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View uh, here on uh, Jeff Duncan Day. We talk about the Saints and Pelicans and anything else sports 
but of course the the Saints are in the uh, in the it's top of mind to everyone right now because of all the dynamic things happening during this offseason. This where with Jeff Duncan. So Jeff, when we went to break though, let me let me reestablish that again. That you've got you know his history with Tampa Bay, and then his rehabilitation at the Saints, which has gone really well. But then his numbers were not, you know, you say partly because that's we were playing very conservative, uh, but his numbers were not super impressed. Then he gets the injury on top of that. So that that if you add all that together, that I can see why someone would have pause on Jameis Winston. Oh, no question. I mean, that was a severe knee injury he had. And I think also a lot of people knew that he preferred New Orleans. So uh, I'll think all those things uh, factored in. But it was really kind of a tepid quarterback market. Uh, more people were interested in trading for quarterbacks. We saw the Russell Wilson trade, obviously Deshaun Watson. Uh, but make no mistake, I mean, the Saints were hot and heavy after Deshaun Watson. I mean, that was their plan A. And when it didn't materialize, and that thing changed quickly, Ricky. I mean, they were convinced that they were the front runner to get him after they met with him. Uh, they thought so much of him, they sent Gail Benson, flew in to Atlanta to visit with him a second time. And to try and meet with him face to face, and to you know, kind of share her thoughts. Uh, so the Saints were a little bit, I think, taken aback once Atlanta got into the picture because they were not involved initially. And once Atlanta got involved, they became the front runner because that's his really close to his hometown of Gainesville, Georgia. And I think he was sold on being the conquering, returning hero in Atlanta. So even if he didn't go to Cleveland, I don't think the Saints would have gotten to Sean Watson. I think he would ended up in Atlanta. Hey, good for him, and I'm I'm personally glad he's not at the Saints. So now we can really focus on you've got you've got our top re- receiver coming back. I think the Saints are going to really be focused on trying to get some deep threats for for uh, Jameis Winston. You said they played pretty conservative last year. You sense they're going to open things up more. Kind of give you give us a sense of what your latest thinking is on all of that. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see. It'll all be reflected in the personnel they get. You know, the Saints offense always morphs and is tailored to the talent of the playmakers they have in their offensive package. So if they go out and get some more deep threats or get a deep threat or two, then this offense might open up even more. But if they don't, I think it'll look similar to what they've been running. Uh, Pete Carmichael's offense coordinator, the offensive staff, uh, still largely intact in a lot of ways. So uh, it will probably be very similar. I don't think it's going to look a lot different to the casual fan or to, to reporters uh, how they run this offense. But I would say this. I mean, Jameis Winston now has been in the offense for two years. I'm sure he's very comfortable. It's not going to be, a, I think, a high priority to get him back on the field this offseason or even in training camp. Uh, he knows the system. Uh, he's been in the league a long time. Uh, he can afford to take his time coming back from that knee injury. So, what do you think in terms of receivers? You think you, you're really not sure? I mean, it really it really will depend on how aggressive they get, huh? Well, they've got a lot of money now. That's the one thing they've done a lot of contract restructuring. A lot of that was designed to try and get uh, Deshaun Watson on board. But in in the course of doing that, they cleared a lot of cap room. They've had more cap room than they've had in years, Ricky. So, if they want to get aggressive in free agency, they can. The problem is there's not a lot out there right now, Jarvis. Landry, the New Orleans native that was with the Cleveland Browns, is available. But uh, he's not much different than Michael Thomas in the style of receiver that he is. Uh, He's not really a a deep threat. He's more of a possession receiver, a third down kind of guy. 
So if you're looking for someone to be dynamic and open up the offense downfield, that's really not Jarvis Landry. Doesn't mean they wouldn't pursue him, uh, but he's not that kind of guy. But there, there are receivers in this draft. It's a very, very deep receiving core uh, in this draft. So I would, I would not be surprised at all if the Saints used their first-round pick or even multiple picks on a receiver in this draft. So Armstead is headed to Miami <laughs> with a huge contract for an offensive tackle. Uh, yeah, especially one uh, in his 30s. I mean, 33 years old, uh, coming off of an injury plague season. And that was really the concern, I think, from the Saints. Uh, he'd missed at least six games in four of the last six seasons. And I think the Saints wanted – well, I know the Saints wanted Teron Armstead back. He's a great leader. When healthy, he's a, a tremendous left tackle. But he hasn't been healthy, and I think the Saints felt like uh, they were not going to be in the market for him if someone gave him top tackle money, and that's what he got from Miami. And, look, I think that's a good situation for him down there. they got Tua Tagovailoa. They've got a good young team. He can be a veteran leader, presence on that offensive line, something they've sorely lacked. So I can see the fit for him at this stage of his career because he wasn't going to get 18 and a half million dollar average contract when he got in Miami. He wasn't going to get that here in New Orleans. So what happens now to the offensive line? We've had a lot of practice filling in for him, haven't we? Yeah, and that's that's why I think they've, they've got plenty of options. They could either slide right tackle around Ramchek to left tackle. That's what a lot of people think they'll do. Uh, I'm still up in the air on that. They could even move left guard Andres Pete to left tackle. He's played there before and started games. And also James Hurst, who's under contract, kind of the veteran swingman tackle. He's He's been kind of the third tackle for this team for years. He started games at left tackle for the Saints and done fine. So I think they feel like they've got some options, and they also have the free agency coming up, obviously the draft, uh, to where they can probably bring in a young tackle. It's a good tackle draft as well, so it wouldn't surprise me to see them draft one high. So Dennis Allen's putting his continuing to put his fingerprint on the on the defense. With uh, I mean, it looks like the players he's bringing in fit really well into this defense. Yeah, Marcus Mays, the safety that they brought in to replace Marcus Williams at a much cheaper contract. And then they also signed Contavious Street, which Saints fans will remember. He's the guy that sacked Drew Brees and broke all those ribs a few years ago uh, in that game at the Superdome. Uh, Contavious Street played at North Carolina State in college, which uh, he played under the Saints defensive line coach, Ryan Nielsen. So there was some familiarity there. And he's not a guy that's probably going to start. He's going to be a role player, but still a good player, adding depth to an already strong position for the Saints. Anything else on the Saints, Jeff? No, look, I don't think they're done. I think with all this cap money now, we can expect them to start filling in, I think, with the second wave of free agency. So I, I can see them being active here over the next week or so. And you, what you've always said is they really want to fill the holes through free agency. So when they get to the draft, they can take their usual, wouldn't take the best player approach. Right. And that's what they're hoping to do, huh? Always been their MO. They don't want to reach for a player. That's why I think they'll sign a receiver in free agency. And then if a receiver is not there that they grade highly, they're going to stay true to their board with their pick and take the best player available. That's just how they've always operated. So it wouldn't shock me to see them take a an offensive lineman or a a cornerback or even a defensive lineman if they feel like they're graded higher than any receiver on the board. So I don't think it's a done deal. They'll take a receiver. But 
it's a very good receiver draft, so it could easily happen. Good. And in the short time we have left, Pelicans, latest there. Well, Zion Williamson just dropped a bomb this week. He showed a video of himself shirtless, dunking a basketball, and he looked in tremendous shape. And uh, But it, it's really a conflict right now, Ricky. I think he – I know he wants to play. He wants to get on the court. He's tired of practicing. He's tired of rehabbing his, his foot. Uh, but the Pelicans are being very cautious and conservative. They want to hold him back. So I don't think we're going to see Zion Williamson play this year, although it would be amazing if he did get on the court because I do think they're going to make the playoffs and at least that play-in tournament as the number 10 seed. They've been playing very well lately. Well, did it surprise you? Because, I mean, did you was the word out that he had gotten in that good of shape? No, I mean, he, yeah, he'd been, been – that's what he was out in Portland to do was to get yeah. in shape. It was more about that than it was his foot. Uh, they wanted him out in New Orleans, uh, some of the temptations here we all have, and uh, getting him out there to focus on his on his conditioning. And so he's in tremendous shape. There's just some concern that if he were to go back out there and play at, at, at basketball pace, that something could happen to his foot, and they don't want any setback there. Uh, but let me tell you, after seeing that video, I mean, it's pretty eye-opening. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked at just how good he looks. So what do you think What do you think this means for the future? Well, I mean, we'll see. I think it's a good sign that he's back here. The fact that he's back in New Orleans under the umbrella of the organization with C.J. McCollum, a veteran leader, a guy that can teach him how to be a pro, and Willie Green, this great first-year coach the Pelicans have. I think the prospects are bright for their future. I mean, they're, they're winning right now, Ricky, without their two best players, Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Uh, they've won. They've won two games in a row. I'm sorry, two of their last three games. So, I, I think there's reason to be uh, excited about the future. And I know we hear that a lot. It's always wait till next year with the Pelicans. But in this instance, I think it's valid. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for, for joining us today. And uh, stay tuned, man. It's going to be some more dynamic <laughs> news coming out in the near future around the Saints for sure. And have a great week. And we'll see you next Friday. You too. Thanks for having me on, Ricky. You bet. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to continue the conversation with Ashley Edwards. for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.